Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Good morning, Mark. Patrick, you were in New York. I was in New York. Oh, man, I love the big city. You know, we've got a guest today uh, from the southern part of the 805, um, Corey Reed, who is, uh, we've got him on the phone here. Corey, good morning. Good morning. I uh, we're we're thrilled to have you here. Um, uh, Dean Gerhardt uh, said, said uh, that you come in and talk to his classes, and that of all of the people he brings in, your talk is most highly rated by the students. And I had to have you on the show. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what what's your secret to motivating a group of uh, 19, 20 year old business students. Right, it's a hard group to uh, it's a hard group to get to listen. <laughs> I know, um, right? Quite quite a unique story, I think that uh, really resonates and really captivates that that age group. So, Corey, your um, your program program or company or or life's mission now called Ride with Core C O R E, so people can look that up, and we'll have it in the the show yeah. notes. Tell us, um, and, and like you said, you, you have a unique story. Um, t- give us the cliff notes on that story. Yeah, so a little bit of background. So Ride With Core is an entertainment company and lifestyle brand. Um, and so a little bit of history. Um, like I said, a, quite a unique story. Back in 2005, um, my life changed um, in a rather huge way. I was uh, had a relatively normal upbringing, um, active uh, all through uh, being a kid and, and through high school. Was really involved with sports and uh, you know just super athlete. Um, and graduated high school and kind of floundered around a little bit, looking for you know trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career path and um, got into audio video actually, huh. and started designing uh, high-end home theater systems. And it was looking like a pretty uh, promising career path for me. And one day after work, finished up a project, went out to celebrate. And I was at, well, I was 22 years old at the time, um, mid-December. All friends coming back in from college, meet up at a, uh, a uh, club and bar here, I'm in Westlake Village uh, now, but right down the street, actually, in Agora. Uh, incredible night. Saw all my friends. Um, caught up. Jumped in the car. On the way home, got into a car accident. Mm. And that car accident left me completely blind and a right leg amputee. Mm. So, um, like I said, that and that was back in 2005, about 10 years ago. It, it flipped my world upside down. And I bet. You know, I, I, uh, I had a few years to, um, you know, a few years to, to sit back and sort of digest and, and process everything that happened to me. And, um, you know, 
figure out how, how I was going to handle that situation. So, you know, that, uh, fortunately I was blessed to get introduced back into, well, not back into, but I got introduced into adaptive sports. Um, Adap- did you say adaptive sports? Yeah, adaptive sports. Uh, so I had a chance to, I was an avid snowboarder uh, mm. before my accident. And, um, you know, I, I, action sports was always my thing. I surfed, I, I snowboarded, I skated. Uh, I played traditional sports through high school and a little bit of college, baseball and stuff like that. But my passion was always in action sports. So I was pretty devastated when, you know, I was in the car accident and, and you know, I, I spent three months in the hospital, a month in which was in a coma. So, you know, even when, yeah. So when I, when I got out, the thought of ever doing action sports or ever being as active like I was before was, you know, in my mind was out of the picture. Yeah. Kind of off the table. Right. Right. So, you know, fast forward, uh, about a year and a half after I got home, uh, I met a good friend of mine now, Brian Schwartz, who has an action sports camp based out of Colorado, Winter Park, Colorado. And that, uh, I headed up there and went to this camp, and that was um, my first time getting back on a snowboard. And I was blown away. Like I, you know, like I said, I was, I was an athlete before and a highly competitive athlete for that sure. matter. And like when when they first brought up the you know adaptive sports and stuff like that, I'm, I'm thinking to myself like yeah I don't know it just I didn't realize the the level of competitiveness um, you know the Paralympics and it's a it's a highly competitive uh, field and there's phenomenal athletes so Cor- here Corey? I am you know yeah I'm I'm so as as uh, I, I'm trying to imagine this idea of like it's it's one thing to to lose your vision. And then get back on a snowboard, and, and then and then there's the leap to going. But I want to compete. That is an amazing <laughs> leap in my mind to say like like it's one thing just to just to snowboard without vision. It's another thing to think, and I'm going to beat people at it. Is that is that how you're? Is that when when did that when did that transit? Like the moment you got back on the snowboard, you're like, and I want to compete on this. Well, it was interesting because it it, it happened rather organically. I mean, I went up and I was doing it only on just for recreation. So I had to develop a system. And actually, you know, for for the listeners, I'm completely blind. So in the accident, I, I lost all vision. I have no dependable vision at all. And then I'm also, I lost my leg, my right leg amputee below the knee. So getting, I, I had the, the skill of snowboarding already down, but right. now I had to adapt and, and learn how to ride with someone else guiding me. So I actually was mm. in the country um, to develop a certain system. Huh. Now this was uh, this was recreation. Now fast forward two years after that, I was at Winter Park, Colorado, sitting and eating lunch after a couple of runs, and the Paris snowboard coach for the U.S. walked up and said, "Hey, Corey, what do you think about uh, snowboarding representing your country on the World <laughs> Cup circuit?" <laughs> yeah, sign me up, and coach. Like, yeah, and that, it was one of those moments where I kind of was like. Uh, excuse me, come again? Like, what, what did you just say? And, you know, to be completely honest with you guys, please, I, please. I, I was, you know, I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, I don't even know, I don't even know how this would happen because we hadn't even, you know, uh, we hadn't dialed in and developed that, that system that we ended up doing later down the line. But so, 
a lot of the, the confidence and a lot of the opportunity that was presented uh, in front of me was like I was riding on my coach's confidence. I was riding on all these other wow. people that were saying, oh, yeah, no problem. You can do it. So, so but uh, hold on just a second. Because <laughs> uh, so you what was your first sports experience were you five six seven eight tell me about that let's see i i mean my first sport experience was t-ball okay sure three or four years old and then all through adolescence being a kid was like serious i'm talking like year-round baseball yeah of course like um and you know i played everything like uh, everything from basketball pop one or football and so that's um, in your that's in your DNA, and whether yeah. it's nature or nurture, you know. You said earlier, super athlete, and I'm, I'm really f- I'm familiar. I'm married to one, so I'm very familiar <laughs> with with that um, that ethos. And when the coach came to you and said, and you said you were writing on his confidence, I've got to believe that you know that accident did not hurt that in you right the accident no. didn't didn't defeat any of that that competitive spirit or the confidence it, it might have tamped it down a bit but there was when, when did that little voice the your voice inside go yeah well, he's right there's there's two things you have yes competitive athlete that's in my dna it's in my blood that, that's who i am so there was that that initial fight started from the, the day, the day of when the you woke up, right? When I started, yep. When I started fighting for my life, I think at that point, right there, all those years of being a competitive athlete and just, hmm. I was there. I was ready to fight for my life, and right. I, I remember those moments. I remember the moment, few moments in the hospital that were uh, powerful, and I, I had to make that decision. Now, fast forward into getting into competitive sports and snowboarding in particular. I there was there's two parts to that. There was there was also there was uh, something playing in where I you have to understand everybody that knew me beforehand. So my parents, my friends, family, all those people, they they felt sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Now I was this, mm-hmm. now now Corey was fragile. He you know he lost his leg. He went through this really traumatic car accident. So now now he's got to be careful. You know we don't know what he can do. Right now I'm coming out like. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm yeah, sure, sure of course. I'm fine. So there was there, the, those two factors were playing heavily into, you know, where I was in my mind at that point. This, um, well, kind of get back to the, the skills and the, the ethos of being a, an yeah. athlete. Cause I think those are the, those, bred really young in people um, and then nurtured are so spectacularly powerful and useful as you, you know, step out and be an adult and go out and make a living and, and, you know, make your mark on the world. What would you say were the, let's, let's help our listener with the the top three things that you want to check in on and say that these were the maybe character traits that that the sports ethos cultivated in you that that you called on and and helped you through this well i think the i mean even as a competitive athlete even now um it's constantly taking steps every day to better yourself to 
refine your skills. Yep. To uh, check your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's that's the biggest thing. And and mm-hmm. for me personally, it's it's what's your why? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's your what it, it's you know it, it's doing it for something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. So if if you know if that's for God, if it's your, for your family, if it's you know whoever it's for, it's for me. And that's something I've learned. Uh, you know, the older I get as a competitive athlete, and just even as a father and a husband, and, and all those things, is, is re- being able to remove your ego and, and looking at the bigger picture. So, number two? Number two. Let's see. Um, Our listener knows I like threes. Being so. that, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what another big thing is and and this also plays into you know some of the things that I've gone on to do after snowboarding but uh being vulnerable and being mm. willing to step outside your comfort zone and i I found not only does that apply in sports as a competitive athlete but now um as a business owner um it's absolutely applies as well. Like you can't, you have to be able to push yourself. You have to be able to step outside your comfort zone because that's where growth happens. Um, that's where you, you develop character. Uh, you forge mental toughness. Like, you know, all of these things uh, are so important. Um, and that comes from just being able to be vulnerable and push yourself. I cannot imagine, Patrick, what it is like to be on a slick piece of uh, fiberglass yeah. strapped in, going straight downhill, and I cannot see where I'm going. <laughs> that just, that just, you know, uh, yeah. the going down a hill scares the, you know, out of me. But so I, I'm going to give you that, and and I think the the being vulnerable because that that shows up in so many different ways, but. Your level of trust that you had to have in your coach, who was who was guiding well, yeah. you. You know, and that's what I was. I would say that's that's the other huge thing in all of this. So, you know, I did the snowboard thing. I competed for. I'm sorry. I, I trained. I trained with the U.S. team for for two seasons, and in hopes of of hitting the World Cup circuit. And I was I was going to do border cross, which is basically like a tight supercross mm-hmm. style course on the snow and you know it was like it was very difficult and i ended up having a pretty gnarly accident in training Ooh. and i i was faced with that decision okay is this something that i really want to do is it smart um and i was I, it was a tough decision and i pulled the plug on snowboarding fortunately another opportunity came and presented itself what uh, was that and that's when I, I got into uh, competitive fitness, and I don't, your viewers, some of them might be familiar with CrossFit. You guys might be as well. Mm-hmm. We are. CrossFit we had um, Eric Malzone, who has uh, CrossFit Pacific Coast here. And, Sweet. And I just did, uh, Patrick, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I just did a five days of onboarding into CrossFit to work on cardiovascular and um, <laughs> awesome. what they call functional fitness. Mm-hmm. That's it, right. 
at 62, I, I could use a little bit of better <laughs> uh, mobility. I mean, I do a at, lot of stuff. At 40, I could use some functional fitness. So tell us about the competitive fitness uh, as it relates to CrossFit. What, what, what was that phone call like? How, how did you get into that? Was it a friend? Okay, or? yeah, okay. So one of my, uh, so I had a, 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 tr- a trainer when I was snowboarding that was doing my strength and conditioning. Right. He was a CrossFit-specific coach. When I shared the news with him that I was pulling the plug on snowboarding, he, you know, he, he's like, well, what about competing in CrossFit? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, oh, and yeah. I, you know, it, <laughs> people just you want you content. to compete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Right. There's a common thread here. I guess people can see the competitive nature. And make, Corey, we have a um, podcast challenge. We'd like you to compete. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, so he's like, yeah, what do you think about competing in CrossFit? And I'm like, you know, I, just to give you guys some context, I didn't really, I wasn't super familiar with CrossFit. I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was, you know? So of course I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. Well, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> and, and mind you, this was, we're talking about able body athlete competitions. Right. We're not talking about. No, you know, these are not able bodied. This is, there's some, there's right. another category for those folks. So, and for the viewers, uh, and listeners that don't, um, no CrossFit. So CrossFit is a combination of powerlift. Uh, this is a competitive CrossFit. You got powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strongman, gymnastics, track and field. Um, and in each competition can be uh, um, a combination of of those different styles or facets of fitness. Um, so I get I get hooked up with a phenomenal. He's my my coach and mentor to this day, Kenny Kane down in. He owns CrossFit Los Angeles. So I sit down with him, and, and he's like, so you want to compete in this, this CrossFit thing, huh? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, if, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And, you know, he, he, set, he set the tone right there. And, you know, he now I know Kenny really well, and, and looking back, I, I understand what he was doing. And he was like, you know, this isn't a game. This is if you want to do this. I'm not going to treat you like some disabled athlete or someone that, you know, has these challenges. Like we're, we're going to push you just as hard as I push any of my other athletes. So I spent four months, um, down six days a week, training three hours a day, learning all the Olympic lifts, all the, all the different movements, gymnastics, and, and, um, ended up competing on a, a team with one other guy and two other girls, a games level competition in Phoenix and, and ended up setting a world record, becoming the first adaptive athlete to compete in an able body competition games mm. level. Well, congratulations. Um, what was the record? It was it, the first adaptive athlete to compete mm-hmm. in a games level competition. Nice. So I was competing with guys that were, I mean, these guys are going to the Reebok CrossFit games. And, and right. it's kind of funny. I told you guys earlier, I had no idea what CrossFit was. Right. But, you know, I show up and everybody's like, Oh, they're so and so. Oh, they're. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> now I've been yeah, yeah. for a while. I'm like, oh gosh, I can't about throwing down with those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was in, in to 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 touch back on you know what we were saying as far as what you were talking about with coaches and team is there's a common thread there that every accomplishment that I've done so far has I would have not been able to do it without 
that support without that team. So you start from even the accident in the hospital. You have like the my family, my friends, the the prayer support groups, the just the the community that that rallied around me, supported me through it. That that moved that that was it. that enabled me to get to the next step. Then right. I got into snowboarding, and then I met these people that were, you know, had the whole adaptive. Uh, the adaptive sport thing down, and they were able to introduce introduce me to that, and and then, you know, that didn't work out. And then all of a sudden, I found CrossFit, uh, and then after this this CrossFit experience, I had an amazing opportunity that was life changing, and I'm sure Dr. Bruce might have uh, uh, mentioned it to you, but I went through a, a world renowned Navy SEAL program. Of course, you did. <laughs> Can I, Corey, Corey, this might, this might be one of those silly, you know, questions that, that, you know, people who are uninformed ask you, but, um, do you, do you wear a prosthetic on your, on your, the leg that you lost? Yeah, my right, right leg below the knee. So I have, I basically, the, the leg was amputated just, uh, just below the calf. So okay. I, I lost my ankle and my foot. And do you, and, and so do you have a, and again, like, forgive me, but like, do you have a, do you have a crossfoot leg that you use versus, versus your day-to-day leg? Oh, yeah, huh. yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. So, yes. I have um, four legs total. Huh. Um, and they're all, yeah, they're all for different. I have a, a, running, a running leg, a sprint leg, I have a lifting leg, and then I have just like, wow. uh, just a normal daily uh, just a daily leg. I, I, let's so, just stay on that for a second because sure. I remember at TED a couple of years ago, they mm-hmm. showed some amazing research uh, that's being done in prosthetics and electronics and bionics and all of that kind of thing. Have you tapped into that world, Corey? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm sponsored by one of the, the largest prosthetic companies. Huh. Um, of course you and- are. <laughs> So I've I've been a part of beta testing and, and uh-huh. definitely on the front the front of technology. Um, now a lot of the technology is going towards upper uh, uh, upper hand, I'm sorry um, hand replacement. Yeah, for people that have that don't have their knees, so yeah. they call them above the knee or AKs. Oh. And it's when you don't like the microprocessor knee, so they don't have mobility, uh-huh. they don't have function right. um, in their knee. Now there is some technology that they're starting to to look into and, and play around with with articulating ankles, like microprocessor ankles. Mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. only problem with the micro, microprocessor ankles with sports and high activity is is the impact. Like it's oh, you know I'm sure you know I'm like putting three hundred pounds on your back right. and back squats. Right. It's just you know it's your so for functional functionality. It's, is um, that what you lift three hundred pounds? Uh, yeah, I have a three, my back squat's 325, um, my deadlift's 360, and my overhead press is about 185. Wow. I, I love, I love the part during, during the, uh, during the CrossFit competition where, where the guys who think they did pretty good look over and see you squatting that, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how you feeling now? The guy with one leg just beat you, <laughs> just like, knock you out of the bracket. How do you Oh, yeah, now? and he can't see. Yeah. 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 So. That's, that's got to be motivation for everybody around you. Tell, I want to hear more about the SEAL training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I come off this CrossFit experience, and I'm just like, that really, and I tell people that that was really the moment where I defined my disability 
Mm. And the disability didn't define me. Mm. And, you know, I say that because, like I said earlier, a lot of people were projecting, you know, the things that I could or could not do. Um, and they were setting limitations on me. Like oh, they, right. they, and it's hard, you know, yeah. like coming off, you know, something that life changing and something that traumatic, like you, you do, you have close family and friends telling you that it was, it was difficult. So come through the, I go through this CrossFit experience and I set this record and, you know, I'm like, okay, well I've proved myself physically like, and just to give you guys a little bit more back, like background on the accident, I had uh, two collapsed lungs, I had ruptured spleen, I had uh, kidney stuff, I had a, a microscopic tear on one of my descending valves in my heart. I, I so a reconstructive jaw surgery. Was, it wasn't just my leg yeah, and, my, yeah. and my vision. Yeah. So physically, like there was also that question of like, okay, can I handle right. this kind of stress? Can I handle right. be, being a competitive like fitness athlete? So I come off that and I'm feeling like, okay, like Got that, that was cool, Check. that was amazing, but I'm ready, like I'm ready to, I, can, I know there's more. So a couple of weeks later, I get a call and uh, from a guy named Rick Martinez out in, in San Antonio. And he's like, hey, we're, we're teaming up with Commander Mark Devine. He's a 20-year Navy SEAL and he has a, a uh, academy called SEAL Fit. They take high-level athletes, uh, spec op candidates, um, guys looking to go on SEAL teams, recon, so on and so forth, these guys go through this academy that is modeled off of the Navy SEAL Heli. Mm-hmm. So this would be kind of like like the SAT prep, like this this is getting them ready to, to do crazy stuff. Right, so Navy, Navy SEALs go through something called BUDS, which is the Basic Underwater Demolition School, yep. and that's six, yep. it's a six-month process before they're even indoctrinated into like being Navy SEALs. Now, there's one week in particular in that six-month process called Hell Week, and it is, <laughs> it is Hell. <laughs> and, and so they, Mark takes Hell Week and, and puts these guys through it in his Seal Fit Academy. And it's everything from, you know, you're talking cold water submersion, log PT. I mean, it just, it, it was the hardest mental, physical, challenge that I've ever been through. Uh, it was 14 hours long and I mean, they just, uh, it, it, I showed up thinking it was going to be a physical test because every, I mean, how many, like every guy wonders like, okay, can I hang with you? Right. Like, I just wonder. And I, I showed up like, okay, I just came off this CrossFit competition. Like, I'm badass. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself physically <laughs> and, and it wasn't, it was a, it, yes, physical was a, a the physical was a part of it, the test, but it was more forging mental toughness. And mm-hmm. the interesting part of it was, it was the most profound experience, one of the most profound experiences of my life and my experience through sport because, like I said, I showed up thinking it was going to be this physical test, not realizing that the whole time they're teaching us how to better manage fear. And uh-huh. guess what? That applies into sport competitive sports but that also applies into business you bet and the techniques they would use for that is like for example they throw us in an ice bath and you're completely submerged in an ice bath and and you're shaking uncontrollably and you know stage stage one hypothermia is just a little bit of shivering a little bit of teeth chatter stage two hypothermia is complete pretty much convulsing your teeth are like 
chattering. And they were like keeping us right at the stage two. And once they got us there, they would give us certain breathing techniques mm-hmm. and they would, they would, they were teaching us how to manage mm-hmm. your sympathetic mm-hmm. response. So mm-hmm. that fight or flight, like if, if you're, if your body's in sympathetic, having a sympathetic response, thinking a lion's chasing it, the ability to make decisions, good decisions for that matter is very difficult because it's like, you just like get away. Like this is danger. Like, so the ability to make decisions just goes out the door. So by using simple breathing techniques, you're able to force yourself back into a parasympathetic state. And in turn, you're able to make, you know, good decisions, even under extraordinary pressure. Corey? So I've been able to take, yeah. You were a, you were a, a radio installer? I did, uh, so I was a THX certified, so okay. I did home theater system, home, theater. home automation. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not what you sound like. You you sound like a, a Navy SEAL instructor. You sound like, like you, what my point is is that you sound like you're a very good study. You're a, you're a highly intelligent person who was who was able to evaluate the situation you were in, and really acquire the skill set. You didn't just go through yeah. this. You mastered yeah. this. That's 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 th- that is such a such an odd, yeah. You know, juxtaposition to see you as a twenty in my mind to see you as a twenty two year old kid who's not really sure what you want to do with your career to like listening to you now. You sound like yeah. you know a, a, a thought leader, a, a business leader. You know somebody who's who's very well trained, very directed, very focused. Is that do you right? S- and totally. Are you? Are you? How? I mean, obviously you've had ten years of of, of changing into this, but but like is it, that's just a shocking thing to me. I I just wonder what you attribute that kind of like focus to. Yeah, and I think that goes back to you know uh, we were talking about constantly moving forward and 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 being being vulnerable you know being willing to step outside of your comfort zone um i've been able to discover myself in new ways and then also develop character through that but the other cool factor in all that is is i'm a huge believer in mentors Mm, so the people that i've surrounded myself with over those 10 years has brought me incredible, you know, knowledge and, and, um, amazing relationships and just, just that support. I think that that is a huge, a huge part of it. Corey, um, one of the things I've noticed about athletes is for every athlete, there's a coach somewhere. And coaches, yeah. coaches are mentors and the really great athletes are the ones who are um, they take the coaching, like they, they know, they don't know. And they know the coach knows and they're like, yep, I'm all in coach. Tell me what to do. And they do it and they get really great. And that brings out more from the coach because the coach is like, Hey, this kid's listening. You know, the other 90% are not paying attention. This one's listening. I'm going to, I'm going to pour it on. It's kind of like in the classroom, Patrick, where we, you've, we've talked before about, you know, there's that great kid in the class, but you can't really just focus on that one great <laughs> kid. You've kind of got to, everybody's got to yeah. go. But in, on sports, it's not that because that coach wants to win as bad as the kids want to win. Yeah. And it's like, if these yeah. are the kids that can help us win, then I'm going to, you know, pour it on them. And the ones who take coaching really well, what's interesting to me is what you said, you're a huge believer in men. Mentors, mentors are coaches, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's exactly Absolutely. the same thing. And so you've 
It's kind of interesting to me because I, I, as I watch people in sports transition into business, um, how the things that help them now help them in business and it's mentoring. I want to use, yeah. uh, I want to kind of transition off of the story, but now into Ride With Core, which is your business. You yeah. said early, you said at the very beginning that it's um, an entertainment brand. An entertainment yeah. company and lifestyle brand is what you said. Correct. How is it an entertainment company? Because that doesn't so, fit with SEAL and CrossFit and snowboarding and, and all of that. I know, right? So the, it's really cool how all of this came to be. I, I shared a little bit about my, you know, working in audio video. Right. Um, so I've always had a passion for entertainment. And I was a film student all through high oh, school okay. and, and did some broadcasting in college and stuff. So film has always been a huge passion of mine. Um, and, you know, so coming uh, during that CrossFit experience, that's where I met my business partner, Michael Maena. And we were, he was actually just hanging out at the gym and uh, working out, same gym I was. And, and we got to talking and stuff, and he's good friends with my coach. And, and Blair, my coach, is like, yeah, you know, you and Mike, you guys should talk. you got a lot in common. So get to talking to Mike, and it turns out he's a music composer for daytime television uh, and a aspiring uh, documentary filmmaker. So right at that time, he's sharing this with me. I was in the process of interviewing uh, and putting together a, a production crew to film a documentary um, that uh, related to uh, snowboarding. And, you know, I was I was kind of having a difficult time, as you guys probably know, just try, trying to hire a crew, especially sure. in production. It's very difficult uh, to get art, artists to come together collaboratively and work together. It's just, it's very difficult. So I was expressing my frustrations, and, you know, he he's like, oh, man, this, this sounds amazing. And so long story short, we, you know, this relationship started, and, and, you know, I, I started sharing some of, you know, my visions as far as, like, what I wanted to do in the future. And I already had been asked to, I'd been speaking for four or five years, you know, high school, junior high, youth groups and stuff like that. And something I always, uh, I thought would be amazing was to bring a, like, a multi-sensory experience to the students. So not only come in and share my story, so you have a speaker, but come in and, and, and literally turn their auditorium into a movie theater. So, you know, bring in a 55-foot screen, a projection system, and, and show the documentary and then have me speak so the kids are just fully submersed in this, this multi-sensory experience. So, you know, Mike and I, I shared, you know, a little bit about, uh, in, and not to that detail, but, you know, you know, those were some of the things that I was sure, very interested sure. in. So, you know, fast forward, like, four years go by. Those four years, Mike and I, you know, typical startup stuff, met in the garage, threw around ideas, started logo development, started, you know, trying to figure out names, like, what are, what are we wanting to achieve, and, like, all these things. And, and, and the interesting part is, like, we, all we knew is we had to capture the story. That was the right. biggest thing. We didn't know exactly how things were going to come to be, but we knew we had to capture the story. And Mike and Mike and, and uh, one other guy followed me around for four years, basically. No kidding. Yeah. So every single thing that we've talked about so far, from 
you know, snowboarding, seal fit, CrossFit, getting married, having my son, like all of these amazing, you know, all these amazing things that have I've, that have happened in my life, we've documented, and uh, we just um, we just roll, we we just uh, finished the film. Um, we just showed it for the second time, Oak Park High School. Uh, in Agora, we we brought in and, and, and did the full ride with core experience, and you know brought in a hundred and fifty thousand dollar audio video system and turned nice. the auditorium into the big awesome like just it was amazing. Nice. And, you know, and we're teaching kids that you know the overall message of of, of the film and, and my speech is that um, being resilient is a choice. I you're love not, that. You're not born. You're not born resilient. I mean, this is this is something that is really a choice and it's all the things that we've talked to talked about up until this point as far as you know pushing yourself outside your comfort zone being vulnerable um you know letting go of your ego like all of these play into i want to push you outside your comfort zone for a second <laughs> have you considered getting on the ted stage absolutely and no, um totally yeah so yes, we'll we'll we'll, sure. we'll talk about that um Okay. We produce TEDx Santa Barbara, and um, it, it, we've seen so many people who've done amazing things in life. And uh, so Kimberly was saying that, uh, the, like the higher, maybe the highest honor is getting to speak at the White House, but no one ever hears you except yeah. the people in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next is is doing a TED talk, and um, yeah. I think the. Um, how you manage fear, um, we see this all the time with the, the people we coach up, is there is yeah. that point where they just freak out and they're like, is my idea big enough? Is my idea, is it an idea worth spreading? Is it the kind of thing that's going to play around the world? Is it, um, you know, is it all those things? And, and I love the hardest part with because we believe everybody has a TED talk in them is figuring out yeah. what that core idea is and being resilient is a choice is a, you know, very nice crystallized idea worth spreading. I'm going to ask you a, a, a little different question now. Um, so let's talk about business because, you know, part of this is all of these experiences led you up to Ride With Core, which is a business, which is, um, you know, you, you go out and speak. Um, how, how have you financed that? I mean, part of that, part of that is, you know, having investors or supporters or backers uh, to be able to do this is not inexpensive. How have you managed that part? Oh, totally. It's been, oh gosh, it's, you guys probably know it's one of the most challenging things with yep. any new yep. business or startup. Yep. Um, I've, uh, my partner and myself have dumped an enormous amount of uh, of our own funds into it. Um, we've been fortunate enough, as for me as a competitive athlete, uh, being sponsored by uh, you know, one of the bigger yeah. prosthetic companies that's allowed us to travel. Um, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the, the stuff we've captured on film has been through those trips. Um, but it's been hard. Like, I'm not going to lie, like, that, yeah, yeah. that's been definitely the most difficult thing. Um, but it's just, you know, wherever we can. If, like, my partner, Mike, is, you know, he's got a little extra. It's, you know, pick up a camera, pick up a microphone. If I got a little extra, it's it's just, you know, a little bit at a time. And then just we've had amazing support from, you know, sponsors and stuff like that. Um, 
but it's uh, yeah, it's been self-funded. What do the so next five years look like for Ride with Core? So we're making a strong push right now. Um, we we see this program. Um, we we see it being very valuable to high schools, yeah. universities, yep. and then also uh, churches. So, and the beautiful thing is the the documentary film itself is a universal story. So, there's many there's many things to, to, to gather out of the film. Everything from family. I mean, there's action sports. So you got that side of it. You have disability awareness. You have the message of resilience. So wherever the, the beautiful part is wherever whatever setting we come show it in i can cater my speech accordingly mm-hmm. um, but right now our strong focus is high schools I, I i get really good feedback from that age group um and interestingly enough we met when i did oak park you know one of the biggest uh things we heard back was you know we the, the writer's core experience was so awesome because at no point did Corey tell us not to do something it was, mm. he came in, he shared his life experiences, his stories, and he left it up to us to make the choice. And that's my whole thing. It's like, I don't need to, and I'm talking about high school kids, like, I don't, they're smart. And and if I can share my story with them, and they can resonate with it, and they can get something out of it, and and I can... I can challenge them to take a call to action, and that's what I hope the right, film and my right. speech does. It's like it's not just like okay, I was in an accident, I overcame. It's like no, look, I'm constantly moving forward. I'm constantly pushing myself. So really, what is a disability? Like you see me as I'm blind and I'm missing my leg, but I'm doing things that a lot of people, able-bodied people, <sighs> to, yeah, exactly. don't do. What's the so call that, to action to the high school, to that, to that 16-year-old? What do you, you know, I, I know when we produce TEDs, it's like, I, I want to hear a great story, but I want it like, what are we going to do as a result of that? What, what do you hope they do as a result? I think with high school kids, it, uh, there's so much pressure from peers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that, I, I hope that when I share my story in the documentary film, that it gives them a moment to self-reflect just a moment to kind of like do a little reflection like wow man like who am i like the pressures i'm putting on myself like is it necessary like am i am i giving everything i can to my friends am i giving everything i can to my family am i am i loving myself like all those things right so that's what i really hope when they when that's all said and done it really forces them to internalize and really self-reflect on, you know, where they're at. And I've had students come up to me. Uh, we've had, I've had students come up and, and admit addictions, um, mm. you know, mental, like mental health problems at home, like related to, you know, family dynamics, like, to, like, so there's so much hurt. There's so much pain. And, and you're um, such a, a different person for them to have heard from, right? Like you're, you're right. Yeah. You activate them in I a way that they're not getting from other people. They feel safe. Yeah. Right. I was just going to, I was thinking safe, safe right? Cause yeah. you talked about uh, the second core value you talked about was being vulnerable and yep. you, and I'm, I'm sure that resonates throughout the talk. And so they're feeling like, okay, I can be vulnerable with this guy who's, who's not going to hurt me. He's going to be really safe. Totally. And it's not even that they're coming up to asking for advice. They're just coming up and saying, hey, 
I've been struggling with this, mm. and I just want to get it off. Like, I just want to get it off wow. my chest. That must feel, I mean, just coming full circle on that, that's, that must make you feel so like this is exactly what you were on the planet to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's confirmation that everything I'm doing is, it's, I'm supposed to be doing it. Right. And and I'm and I guess if you look back and you go, well, I was supposed to have that accident, so I could do this and <laughs> all that. I mean, that that's the you know the higher order bit that you want to focus on. Corey, we're God, we're out of time, and I I feel like a, there's you know there's there's so much uh, that I want to talk to you about. I'm absolutely going to get you on a TED stage. Um, I'm going to commit to that right that. now, and uh, uh, we can make that happen. Um, we're at the point in the story where we get to wrap a bow around this episode and uh, give it a title so that someone who comes in through your network, right, they're going to, you know, they're going to hear about this podcast and they'll get to listen to it. Um, and other people who come into the show, they're going to see this title and go, oh, I really, I want to listen to that. What do you think the title of this should be? Resilience. Resilience. Yes. Okay. I think that's that's absolutely that's everything that I, I think my story stands for and what I hope to inspire on others. I had uh, I don't always come up with titles, Patrick, but um, I, there were there were a few. One that I really there's something that you say a lot, um, Corey. You say fast forward, and it's interesting how I feel like you fast forwarded through these different phases. Uh, and, and, and then I love the, how to better manage fear. That was a yeah. very strong message. That's, yeah. Corey, so people can find you at, is it ridewithcore.com? Is that it? Correct. Yeah. Ridewithcore.com. C-O-R-E. And, uh, do you have events or screenings or things like that on the website? If someone wants to see the film or how, how does that work? Yeah, we just, we just finished uh, a private screening at Thousand Oaks Movie Co. We had a great turnout. Oh, we had wow. about uh, 250 turnout. Um, so we're actually in the process of, of organizing another one at Movie Co. So the dates, we'll keep everything, all the information up on the website at ridercore.com. So if uh, your listeners connect with me there, um, they definitely can stay up to date on all that stuff. I'd like to make a field to. trip down from Santa Barbara to go see that. I love that theater. I'd love Absolutely. to see that and, and get to talk to you in person. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and, and good luck to you. I, I don't even have to say that you're going to rock. Um, you're, you're <laughs> I can just tell, I, I want, I, uh, uh, I, your honor, I reserve the right to bring this, uh, witness back, um, in a couple of years and find out what other, Next, we're going to hear he's on Everest or something like that, which would be fantastic. So I want to thank, again, California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. Um, this, this, the, all the tech here just keeps getting better and better, and the show keeps better as a result. The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. More information on our project and what we're trying to do is at 805connect.com. Now, Patrick, how can someone who's just listened to this and gotten inspired, yeah. 
how, what could they do with this? Well, my, my advice is is that probably they they either know a, a high school student or mm. they have some access to to a high school faculty member out there. And I would say uh, yeah. reach out to them and get them uh, to uh, hire Corey Bringman and uh, have a, a chance for him to share his story uh, with those kids. So so literally go to his website, uh, find him, and uh, and if they if that teacher has a doubt, if that sixteen year old has a doubt about recommending this, uh, let them listen to this podcast, and uh, that should push them over the top. Um, but you know, just, awesome. yeah, get, get a, get a speaker in front of these kids that, that can actually affect them. Uh, it is so hard to break through to kids these days, um, that, you know, uh, if this is what does it, then let's do that. Yeah. Let's all, let's, let's absolutely make that happen. I would love to hear from you personally as well. If you're a new listener, drop me a note, Mark at 805connect.com. Tell me who you'd like to hear, what kind of uh, themes and lessons you'd like to see us focus on. Um, we're, uh, we're constantly um, given incredibly great um, referrals. It's how we met Corey. Uh, we love that. They come from you, our listeners. So please do that. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs>